So I got a question for you. Who has made the greatest impact on your life? Now, don't say Jesus. That's cheating. Absolutely. Just like your favorite book is the Bible. Okay, we get that. But for real, who is who is the person that has made the greatest impact in your life? Who are they to you? How much have they changed you or made an impact on who you are now as, as a leader? Chances are the name that kind of popped into your mind or the 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 face that kind of you know jumped out into your memory, chances are it wasn't a public figure. It wasn't a famous person. It was somebody that was close to you. And if they did have some notoriety or public platform, you knew them off the stage, out from behind the microphone. In a world driven by social media fame where reach is determined by cloud scores and follower count, we want to remind you that leadership is not at all about those things. Leadership is about relationships and relationships are everything. My name is Adam Shaw. And my name is Stephanie Shaw. And this is The Restorationist. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. I want to say thank you to all of our subscribers and salamat to all of those that are listening in the Philippines right now. According to Spotify, at least on the Spotify platform, the Philippines represented the largest growth of the restorationists in 2020, over 250%. So, Magadanga Bing, Nippon, Omaga, wherever you're listening right now, Salama, thank you so much. Also, good day to the Aussies for being number two. And we can't forget America. I know America, y'all want to be number one, but on the restorationist this year, at least on Spotify, you came in in the number three spot. But thank you all for listening. Those iTunes listeners in Italy, grazie and danke to those that are in Germany for putting us in the top 150 podcasts last week. That was very exciting and a huge honor. It is amazing and very humbling to me that so many of you around the world are listening to this podcast. And so... um Thank you so much. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing. And most of all, thank you for listening. Back to our topic. And today we got Stephanie in the studio, which I have said before is my office slash basement. Um, that studio sounds a whole lot fancier though, doesn't it? It's fancy, yeah. It's very fancy. Uh, back to our topic today. Steph and I want to talk to you all about relationships and, and leadership. And this has been something we've been talking about a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We're passionate about uh, it. We're very passionate about it. And we've been thinking a lot about relationships, a lot about community and leadership recently. And today in this episode, we're going to hit a lot of topics surrounding relationships and influence. And, and here's here's kind of two things that have kind of just driven me to think about leadership and influence and leadership and relationships a lot. And that is the... Giant elephant in the actually it's it's a very tiny virus, but the giant elephant in the room, COVID. COVID really has shrunk our circles, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, seemingly. Well, seemingly it it has, it has it is. I know for for us, our family, we travel a lot. 
and we travel a lot for ministry, both inside the province of, of Ontario, as well as in the United States and, and around the world. And 2020, all of that was was kind of gone, right? There was a bevy of canceled events, and I had many friends that that run large conferences or camps or conventions that they were forced to cancel all of those things as well, and COVID really shrunk the platform, so to speak. It, it shrunk the size of the circle. No longer, no longer were some of us standing in front of as large of an audience, even local church leaders doing things like small groups or Zoom groups or like our church and many other churches are doing the same thing, multiple identical services. And I thought, you know, COVID really has shrunk the perceived size of our platform, but maybe that was okay. Maybe that was really good. And the other thing that that has been kind of sparking me to think about leadership and influence is the cult of celebrity. That cult or culture of celebrity has has bled into the church. Instagram, Instagram has been like the catalyst for all of this. Instagram, YouTube. You know, I've, I've thought about the recent, it's very public, so it's not like I'm, I'm repeating information that has not been served everywhere, but the recent fall of uh, Carl Lentz, Hillsong East Coast pastor. And uh, I, I bring this story up not to gloat in the failure of, of a man's life, but I really felt that that tragedy really exemplifies the difference between fame and real influence. Fame is about public image and personal marketing where the man or the woman is a brand. And so many people in that situation were were enamored that were enamored by him. They were in love with the brand. They were not in love with the actual person. The actual guy According to the scriptures, and I know this sounds harsh and, and some people may find me judgmental, but but I'm just going to be honest. Like if, if Timothy, if, if the letter to Timothy from Paul is right, he was, he had some qualities that made him disqualified to lead. Mm-hmm. But so many, I knew so many people that were just enamored with him. And, and I was like, wow. If, if this is what we aspire to be, maybe we need to rethink our aspirations because getting that big, that fast, that famous, that fast actually led to his downfall. I, I mean, I heard him preach, you know, and stuff back in the day, and he seemed like an amazing communicator. He seemed sincere when he would speak to people. But I'm telling you what, fame, when you have people that love your brand, but you can't be real with them. You can't be the real you. And it's about the, it's about some sort of public image and, and everyone is closed off. The world is closed off from who you really are. That's so destructive because influence is about relationships and that requires personal integrity. Insta influence is a myth. 
So more than ever before, in a world that is uncertain, we need leaders that are close, not aloof. We need leaders that are sincere and selfless, not political and self-interested. So today we want to give you six points on relationships and influence that hopefully will will help your life. Steph, why don't you start us off? So the first thing we wanted to talk about was technical competence will never be more important than your ability to build healthy relationships. I, I love this one. Go ahead, Steph. You can never get so good that it'll never matter how you treat people. It always matters how you treat people. I love that because excellence is a worthy goal. Competency in whatever skill you have is a worthy goal, but it is not more important than your ability to build positive, influential, and healthy relationships with with people. I love I love what you just said there. You can never get so good that it will never matter how you treat people. That is incredible. You can never be whether, you know, wherever you serve, however you lead. If you are an organizational leader, if you are um if you are a speaker, if you are a a musician, you could never get in the kingdom of God. Maybe in the rest of the world, mm-hmm. you know, you could be a rock star and then be aloof. But if you're going to be in the kingdom of God and you're going to have an enduring legacy of building people, you can't ever get so good that you think, I'm so, so good of an organizer, I'm so good of a leader, I'm so good of a communicator, an orator, or a preacher that... I get to I get to be a celebrity now and I get to be aloof. I don't think that's I don't think you'll ever get to, and no one will ever get to that point. And I know this is a an old saying and and I we do have to acknowledge that it is a little bit cringy, but I'm sure you've probably seen it on a wall or maybe your grandma's house or who knows where, but People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it's an old cliche, but there's a reason why it's been around forever is that people don't actually care. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> love that. They don't care about how much you know if you treat them rudely. That's right. People people don't. I, I, um, I have changed dentists. I, I have. I have. I have changed the dentist I go to. Not because the dentist that I went to was incompetent, but because they were a jerk to me in the chair. And I was like, I really actually don't have to sit here while you drill inside the my gums, inside my open mouth, where I'm already terrified. If in the process you are gonna make you are going to be a mean person. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and so I did not care in that moment that they went to the best school. I didn't care that they had the top grades at 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 dentist college or whatever <laughs> it is that they go to. I didn't I didn't care. I didn't care cuz in the mo- in that moment you were mean to me. You 
you you did you were rude and so i think this is so important for people to know that you there is no level of technical competency that any leader especially in the kingdom of god could ever get to where it no longer matters if you have the skills to build relationships with people and be kind to them So the second one that we wanted to talk about was be you, but with a twist. Be you, but with a, okay. I'll break that down for us, Stephanie. So what it means is basically don't approach all people the same. We need to be able to meet people on their level. Okay. So if you can explain this just a little bit more. So you're saying, what do you mean by don't approach people, all people the same? Well, You know, for example, if you're an extroverted person. Which I am. (laughs) You might scare an introverted person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which I have. (laughs) Like me. Yeah. So what does that that mean? So that you need to be adaptable. Okay. um, with, With how you approach people. And it doesn't mean that you're not being yourself. Yeah. Sometimes people can get caught up in, I'm just being me. But what it means is that you're putting the other person and their needs first. Exactly. I love that. So be you with a twist. It doesn't mean that you're fake. It means that you modify your approach to people so that you can meet them. You're putting them, their needs, their feelings first. You're entering into their world. Is that kind of what you mean? Exactly. I... I, I I know that they're mirroring and there's this one negotiation book that's a leadership book that's really fantastic. Everyone should read it. Uh, I think it's Never Split the Difference. It's cool. He, mirroring is where he talks about repeating the wor- words back to people and and to help them understand it, that you hear them and you're practicing tactical empathy and all that kind of stuff. It's a great book. But uh, one thing I noticed, I realized I just realized that I I do this all the time, but I really wasn't aware of it. And that is I mirror people in that I will adopt portions of their approach in order to break down a barrier and make them feel comfortable. So yes, if you're an introvert, if you're going up to an introvert and you're an extrovert, don't come into the room like a barrel of monkeys (laughs) because they will be frightened. Yes. Absolutely. You know, I noticed, Steph, that when you're mentioning this point is that I talk on the phone differently to my different friends. I can tell who you're talking to by how you talk to them. Really? Absolutely. So I I have like, if I have one friend who calls me and, and I'll pick up and be like, hey, bro. And then I have another friend who calls me and I'll be like, greetings and salutations, my fine friend. And yes, LJ. You have an exclusive greeting. Um, uh, and the reason why I do that is I have I have these amazing friends that all have different personalities. And when I begin a conversation with them, I'm connecting with them. And so I'm not being fake. I'm I I am not compromising my values. I'm not compromising my the core of my personality. It's that I know that I'm gonna be me but I'm going to adapt my approach to each individual. We have different cultures in our church. We have very diverse church. And um, I, I cannot approach someone 
of one culture the same way. There are certain cultures that they're highly formal. Um, and, um, and then there are others that are much more, uh, relationally and emotionally oriented. And so if I come in all touchy feely and hug and, and which we're not allowed to do anyway right now, uh, to a more formalized a culture that has an expectation that I, as a minister, I'm going to operate in a more formal And Some of this is generational as well. I'm not going to walk up to an elder and uh, and fist bump them in my church uh, the same way, <laughs> the you know, slap them on the back. I'm going to adopt my approach. I'm not changing who I am, but I am adding a twist to the introduction of that conversation so that I can remove all barriers possible. And I think you have to be confident enough to know that you don't have anything to prove or, you know, any preferences to assert on someone. Now, I know what many of you may be thinking, Adam, this this feels this feels awkward to me. I'm not sure if I can do this. It feels really fake. I I I have to be I I have to have the same approach to all the people all the time. Well, there's a good chance you don't do that if you're a parent, if you have multiple children or if you're a grandparent and you've got multiple grandchildren, you know, every personality you even in your immediate family, you're going to interact with people on a different level on the basis of that person's personality. And to me, authenticity has so much to do with your intent and so much to do with your heart. We don't lead as political leaders, but as genuine disciple makers. And and so what that means is a politician is always trying to get the vote from someone. A politician is someone that's always trying to gain something from somebody else. They're trying to maneuver and manipulate a relationship for some sort of personal gain that they're trying to extract from another human being. But a disciple maker, a godly leader, a biblical leader is able, as the apostle Paul said, to become all things to all men, to be able to highlight different areas of your own authentic personality at different times to be able to genuinely connect with somebody else. Lastly, on this point, make it easy for people to get to know you. Being elusive and mysterious is strange and weird. <laughs> and, 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 and sometimes this, this makes us, you know, be open with others. And, and some of us are not comfortable with that. But it's just a part of sharing your life. So not withholding information for some kind of weird and you know, so that you have some kind of leverage over people, but being, you know, confident enough to being open and sharing, you know, the difficulties and and the good things and, and the bad days with other people. And that's, that's being authentically you. Yeah. And I think we're talking about here is not an online persona. I, I, you know, the idea of an, of an influencer, an online real influencer to me is like an Instagram influencer uh, is, is, a, is a contradiction uh, in words because influence, true influence, like, yes, you can get somebody to buy a good, but true influence happens at a relational level and that kind of relationship, that kind of leadership always happens in the flesh. Number three is give time. Be with people just to be with them. 
And this is something I'm really passionate about because, uh, and I know I say that a lot, (laughs) I guess I'm passionate about a lot of things, but this is something that I really do feel passionate about because um, recently we've had some people over from the church and I felt like when we actually spent time with them that you know, I got to know them more in the, that two, three hours than I'd known them in the last couple years of them being, you know, present at our church. Absolutely. And, and it just helped me understand and it helped me, you know, grow a new love and a new compassion for them. And, and now when I pray for them and, and when I think about them, I, I pray for their needs so much more intently because we actually took time to get to know with them, know them. Yeah, and and these these interactions, they weren't like, you know, come over to my house because I I need it renovated, or you know, let's go to the church and and you know, uh, shovel snow because it's a Canadian winter. Now that is not to say that doing things together with people is not a great way to get to know them, but I think it's really good to just spend time with people because you you care for them, right? Mm-hmm. And just the process of, you know, old school Bible word alert right here, fellowship through fellowship with, with people, through just engaging with them and talking with them, eating with them, hanging out, it forges a bond that you don't get any other way unless you give to people one thing that you can never get back from your own life and that is time. Mm-hmm. You know, Steph, when I was thinking about the comments you're going to make on this particular point and a story that we both know of that I feel perfectly illustrates this point is the story of Mary Jane and uh, her coworker who you know, we, we won't name, um, but who was recently baptized last week in our house. You know, in our bathtub, it was an incredible thing. Um, those of you that listen to the podcast, you know, we're still displaced from our church, which means that we don't have anywhere to baptize people outside of our family bathroom. And uh, it would not have been possible if it wasn't for Mary Jane. And I don't know if you listen to the podcast. I know, Sean, you do. But Mary Jane, you are our hero you and Robert are our heroes. We love you both very much. Robert and Mary Jane are the pastors. They're on pastoral staff at our church, and their primary role is to be pastors and and assist in the outreach and growth uh, of the Filipino Tagalog speaking community in um, in in Hamilton, uh, where we live and where we serve at Life Point Church. Mary Jane, um, uh, she works for a, a large kind of child care company that does work in schools and overseas uh, uh, um, child care there. And um, one of her co-workers is a recent immigrant from France um, and her originally was born in a country in, in Africa, but her mother died. This, this co-worker of Mary Jane's, her mother passed away. When she was um, when she was twenty years old, and when her mom right before her mom passed away, she sent her to Canada, and so this this woman is in our country all alone, all by herself, and Mary Jane just reached out to her and befriended her, and began to get to know her, and invited her out to church, but 
even before she came, was just a a force of good and a force of influence in her life to the point that this person began to call Mary Jane Mama. Her mother is going to make me get emotional. Her mama died, and here was this woman that had stepped into her life that had become such a force for good and a force of influence that she said, I'm, I'm going to call you what I called my own mother. And Mary Jane, of course, brought her to church, and she had been coming for a number of weeks and said, finally, I need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and I need to pray to receive the Holy Ghost. And so last week, we baptized her in Jesus' name. She's now in a Bible study group with Mary Jane, and she's actively seeking God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. None of those things would have happened if Mary Jane had not given this lady the one thing that she desperately needed at this particular point in her life when she's all alone and feeling all alone and COVID is isolating everyone, and that is if she Mary Jane had not given her time. And I think there's an important point here is that that time, time is everything when you're wanting to have influence and leadership in people's lives because there are some things that can only happen organically and some conversations and some steps that won't happen or won't take place unless people feel comfortable with you first. There are some things that can only happen once we've spent enough time with someone else that they're open to sharing are open to having the conversation with us. We cannot just walk in and assert dominance and because we're God-called leaders or super talented, all of a sudden think that people care about what we have to say. You've got to give people time. And and what spending time with people does is it, it, it teaches you empathy and compassion for them. You're able to put yourselves in their shoes and hear their stories and and just get to know them on on a you know a personal level. And I know when um, when we were going through a challenge a few years ago when I was sick and I had cancer, that you know I could tell you the people who reached out to me during that time, but there was also those who were who were silent. And and what I learned during that time is that it's better to be awkward than to be silent in someone's life. Wow. And so when you spend time with people, you learn empathy and you learn compassion. And even if you say the wrong thing, they'll still remember that you were there for them. Yeah, and that you cared. Mm -hmm. You cared enough to give them time. Circling back to time, what we're talking today is not, uh, not about you connecting with more people that are like you or people that are your friends or that are acquaintances that you want to become better friends with. It's about intentionally reaching out to people who you may know, but they're not part of your circle yet, but you invite them into that circle so that you can add value and make a difference in their life. During this last um, few months, we've made relationship building a priority during this COVID season. And it's a really awkward time to try and build relationships because you're never certain of people's boundaries and and what they're comfortable with or not comfortable with. But we just, we decided to make a list of people that we wanted to connect with in some way or another. It wasn't all the same. Every connection was not the same, but we just made it a priority. And, you know, since August, September, we've reached out to, you know, at least 20 families 
in our church and in our area. Um, because what people need right now is presence. Absolutely. And I think that's important for every leader to understand what people need right now, as Stephanie said, is your presence. You need to be present with people. Let's go to number four, an old but true statement. There is no power, just relationships. No power, just relationships. This is so true, especially if you lead in the kingdom of God, that you really, unless you're writing the paycheck, you have no power over another human being. Even then, if you are in an employee-employer kind of relationship, the fact that you have power over the economic future of another human being is the lowest form of leadership and the lowest form of influence. The kingdom of God, often you have you have no threat that you can make over people. You just have influence. There is no dominance. There is no role. And, and let me tell you this. I believe in spiritual authority. I believe that God puts people in position and puts people in roles and, and that, yes, the Bible does call us to submit. But let me tell you something. If, if you're a leader listening right now and you find yourself having to assert your title or your role forcefully all of the time, you've lost already. If the only reason why people are listening to you is because you're the person in charge, you should not be in charge. Some The, the title or the role or the power that you have because of a role should be secondary to the fact that you are just a person that is worth following and you are trustworthy as a leader. And people know this because you have influence and you have relational capital with that person. Let's go to number five. Number five is it's personal. Just don't take it that way. Never become so offended uh, or personally hurt when you pour into someone or serve someone that if they reject you know, the church or you, that you burn the bridge. I love, I love that point so much because ministry is personal, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And you spend a lot of time investing into people. Yeah. And, and you, there's, there's time, there's effort, there's, there's openness, Mm -hmm. right? Money. Money. Sometimes people will not respect or treat the openness that you, they may even use the openness and vulnerability that you have shown as that, that just you being an authentic leader and, and just being open and vulnerable and, and, and humble. They may try to use that against you too. Mm-hmm. They could use that as a weapon. Absolutely. Use it. Absolutely. But when those things happen, we cannot allow ourselves to become so hurt or so wounded that we will burn a bridge with that person. Mm-hmm. No, we're not saying that you shouldn't have healthy boundaries. But there are people that you are going to pour time into that will reject what you've got to say or will reject the offer of a relationship that you have extended. And you can't go, well, I did this for you. How could you be so ungrateful? And then close the door 
you know, either inside or outside, inside your heart, emotionally, because people aren't dumb. They can, they can pick up. They can pick up when you've burned a bridge with somebody, when you've burned a bridge with them. Mm-hmm. That you either burn the bridge very publicly or at least to the inside. The people, you can't do that. Because if you do, there's no way back for them. Mm-hmm. At least God has got to open up another door somewhere else for that person to come crawling back to him or to his church or to his kingdom. You become a barrier instead of a way back. Absolutely. You become the hindrance. Mm-hmm. Serving and leading is deeply personal, but you will limit your effectiveness and you will frankly live bitter and wounded if you take all of this personally. If you make this, this can never at any point be about you. It always has to be about somebody else, the person you are serving. And one of the things, Stephanie, and, and, Jump, you know, if you have any thoughts to just interrupt me. But one of the things that popped in my head when you were reading, uh, when you were reading some of your points and, and you're explaining your perspective on this point is that like Jesus said, if they rejected me, they're going to reject you. Mm-hmm. And when we burn bridges with people that reject us mm-hmm. because we've taken this so personally, you know what we're saying? I'm better than Jesus. How many times Peter denied Jesus three times? And then Jesus lets Peter preach on the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a burnt bridge there. And I mean, we could go down the we've received grace, we need to give grace to others. But beyond that, beyond that point, just looking at the life and ministry of Jesus from the perspective of leadership. Jesus never burned the bridge. If he would have burned the bridge with all Pharisees, there would have been no conversation with Nicodemus in John 3. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, but sometimes it's as practical as, you know, just taking the time to wish somebody happy birthday or being about the good in their, in their life, you know, celebrating something with them. Absolutely. Like, you know, we've, we've watched and, and, you know, everyone that listens to this podcast primarily is a church leader. We, we're, you know, we're not creating a leadership podcast for all leaders of all of all types. It's it's kingdom leadership. So whether you're a pastor or a preacher or someone that is just in trying to influence others in the kingdom of God, we've all watched people. We were youth pastors for about twelve years. We've watched young adults leave the church, right? And they and they've they've made some mistakes. And they, you know, we've watched, we've watched young ladies leave the church and become young single moms. And you want to know sometimes where we mess this up? Mm-hmm. It's when the baby is born. No one wants to comment how cute the child is, no matter how cute that baby is. People in the church are like, if we say that, then we're endorsing it. Mm-hmm. We're endorsing the sin that brought the baby, you know, to the world. I was like, no, you're not. You're seeing a kid is cute. And if you ever want that person to find a way back to church, mm-hmm. the kingdom of God, you can't be like, huh, well, they should have known better. After all that time that we spent with them, they went out and did this. I mean, oh, my goodness. how did... They nailed Jesus to a cross, yet he still forgave their sins. Mm-hmm. And loved them. And loved them. And so... 
I think something that would be really good for for leaders to learn how to do, and that is to to be personal yet not take the rejection personally because if I truly believe the words of Jesus, I'm, I'm standing in his stead, his stead. I'm trying to be his hands and his feet. And so when they reject me and my influence in their life, they're rejecting, they're rejecting the hands and feet of Jesus in their life. And ultimately that means they're rejecting him. I can't take this personally. If they nailed the perfect, only sinless son of God, God in flesh to the cross. Am I going to get twisted up over some mean words? I can't. I remember there's is, and he's, he's not back in church yet, but I spent hours and hours and hours with, um, a guy in, uh, our, uh, our church. And, and he ended up leaving the church. I tried to stay connected with him tried to, you know, we had apologetics debates and, and, you know, he was questioning whether or not he believed in God and, and, and just was struggling with the allure of the party life and, and drugs and alcohol. One thing I made up my mind, you know, I had people come to me and they're like, wow, you invested so much time in this guy. I, I bet, I bet you're really upset about this. And I'm like, well, I feel bad for him because he's making a bad life decision but I'm not walking around wounded over this because I always want him to know when I see him, I'm happy, I'm positive, I'm, I'm you know, fist bumping him and, and asking him how his life is because I want him to know there's always a road back. Mm-hmm. Always a friend. There's always a friend. It's personal, but I can't take it that way. Lastly, the last point we want to talk about today was the impact of making people feel good is one that they will want to repeat for others. A few months ago, there was someone from our local congregation and they called us and they were crying and upset. They were, they'd injured themselves and um, all they wanted was for us just to pray for them. And so um, we prayed for them on the phone, but then I just took it a step further and I sat, I thought about their practical needs and I said, you know, do you have anything for supper tonight? Like you're hurt. You, you can't get up and walk around. Do, do you have anything prepared for supper tonight or can I bring you something? And they, and they said, Oh no, we can't like, we're fine. And, and I said, no, no, no. What are you doing for supper tonight? And so I said, I'm going to come by with suppers. Don't you worry about it. I'm going to come by. I'll be there. And, you know, as soon as Adam gets home, we're going to run to the restaurant, grab something and bring it to your home. And we did that. And um, two months later, you know, they were still thinking about it. And they came, they called um, Adam up and they said, it impacted me so much, the, the, the act of kindness that you guys showed me. And, and I just want to repeat that for others. If I can make others feel like you made me feel, that's what I want to do. Wow. See, as leaders, we're always trying to create culture, aren't we? We're always trying to make a difference in, uh, in the organizations you know, that we're leading. By us becoming more involved in the lives of people and through building influence the slow, old-fashioned way of just spending time with people, you have the ability 
to create a transformative culture in whatever team, whatever organization, or whatever church that you are leading in. The end result is not only do you have more influence in the lives of people to point them towards the good, but that you so impact them through the time that you have spent in their life and in their world that they want to go and they want to model that practice in the lives of others. Look, we do a good job of criticizing culture in church. And and now don't get me wrong, I believe the word of God, you know, come out from among them, be separate, says the Lord, touch not the unclean thing. But I want you to hear me. It is the lazy leader's way out to only criticize culture and not create and provide a new one. I'm going to go on a rant, going to go on a tangent here, but bear with me. We cannot call people to leave the world and then give them nothing in return. We can't call them to leave their lifestyle and not give them a new one. And we can't call them to leave their old communities and old associations and then leave them sitting alone in their living rooms on a Friday night with nothing to do. I'm not talking about, you know, you go out and starting a church program. We've got more than enough programs in our local churches. I'm saying we open up our lives and we make them our friends. We treat people not as a as a body in a room or a number on an attendance sheet, but we treat them as a soul with with real needs and real hurts and real fears. And we bring people into our life. We make them our friends. We allow them to become a part of our family, our circle of relationships. And in the process, if we do it right, we will encourage some of those that we reach to go out and do with others what we have done with them. After all, isn't that what someone did with you? Yeah. We started off the episode asking you to identify an influence on your life. They did all of these things for you. They took time. They invested in you. They were an example. They were real. They were personable. They did all of these things for you, everything that we've talked about tonight. Now it's time for you to go and repeat the process in someone else. COVID-19 and all of its weird stuff has not stopped ministry, has not stopped leadership, has not stopped the kingdom from happening. You don't need a service. You don't need a title. You don't need a role to go out and make a difference and practice leadership the biblical way, the way that Jesus did, and get some people that don't know him or that are far from him and bring them closer into your circle, closer into your life, and influence them for good. Well, that's that's all, Steph. This was a very spontaneous thing to have you on today, wasn't it? It was fun. It was. It was. Uh, we were working on the. I was working on the episode notes, and and I said, uh, start reading them off to you. And then you had a lot of thoughts to contribute, and I just said, hey, <laughs> ready to record this tonight? <laughs> and here we are. Well, thanks so much for ha- being on the episode again, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. And uh, to all of you who are listening, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. If you have not subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's not going to hurt at all. And uh, turn notifications on so that you know when the next episode is coming. Thank you to all of you that listen, whether you listen on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify, 
or one of the other billion platforms that are out there. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to share these episodes with your friends and family. Thank you to all of our listeners all over the world that are trying to do what Stephanie and I are doing. That is uh, lead and influence people, try to be the kind of Christians that God called the church to be, that Jesus called the church to be in the book of Acts. We're praying for all of you. We sincerely hope that today's episode blessed your life. Now let's go out and make a difference in the lives of others. You have a wonderful, wonderful day. And-